This episode of the Breakthrough Success Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Go check them out at getjobber.com slash breakthrough to receive 20% off your first six months. We all have these different goals and ambitions that we're going after, but how do we cross the bridge that leads us to our dreams, to our destiny? That's what we are going to talk about in this episode of Breakthrough Success. We are joined by two prolific authors. You may know Mark Victor Hansen as the co-author for The Chicken Soup of the Soul. He's authored and co-authored hundreds of books. And that Chicken Soup for the Soul book series has sold over 500 million copies. So it's really incredible to see what Mark has done. He's also joined by Crystal Hansen, who is a business strategist and successful entrepreneur. And she's also an author. And they are now co-authoring their very own book, Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. So our two guests who join us are none other than Mark and Crystal Hansen. Mark and Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. So happy to be here. Well, it certainly is a pleasure to have you both on Breakthrough Success, and it's incredible the success you've both achieved, and now being able to co-author a book together is very incredible. And you guys have set a lot of goals. You've achieved a lot of goals. What would you say have been some of the big things that helped you to achieve the goals that you would set? Here's what we discovered. And by the way, I'm addicted to goal setting. I even set a goal to, <laughs> you know, to find my ideal wife. I wrote uh, 287 things I needed in my perfect wife, same value wow. and everything. And Crystal, Crystal was too... <laughs> 87 out of 287. I never told her until after we got married. So I'm, I'm very keen on breakthrough success and, and setting outrageous goals. So, and, and, you know, obviously I've sold a half billion books and, and written 309 bestsellers, 59 number time, nine, number one New York Times. So I'm pretty, pretty amazing, but our goal is still higher. We got a billion dollar goal. We want to sell a billion books and nobody's ever done that. And, and people who don't believe in big goals would tell you I can't do it, but you watch me do it. Anyhow, so what we believe success would be defined for us as um, the going to your destiny by learning to effectively ask. And most people all know the line, asking you shall receive. But until we wrote this book, I'm sorry to say, no one ever decided to codify it, put a system on asking so you know how to ask yourself so you can create riches and wealth have a great relationship, a great life, a great lifestyle, business, and unlimited friends. But we've learned how to ask and we've put it together. And it's not just, when it comes to relationship building, you ask people, you join relationships, but this is another dynamic where you ask yourself to go that next level. You ask yourself, okay, I'm doing a blog I ask myself now to turn that into a podcast and put in the work to make that happen. How do we get more confident with asking ourselves to do these big goals? Because a lot of people would really be happy with selling half a billion books, but you want to bring it up to that other level. So how do we get better at asking ourselves? Right, Mark. So when we wrote the book, what we discovered is most people are over endowed with talent and ability 
But the, what sets people apart from, you know, achieving really master, mastering success in life and having the things they want in relationships, career, health and fitness, all of those things, and those who don't, is not the talent and the ability, it's really the ability to ask. You know, when you, the, we find that the people who are good at asking are also happen to be very successful people. And we discovered there are three channels through which to ask. And those channels are ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. And we feel like each of those channels is equally important um, because, you know, like you were saying, asking yourself, that's a really retrospective journey. You need to go inside. Usually when we're stuck, um, the first thing we need to do is ask ourselves, you know, what, what's going on with the situation? What do I like about this? What do I not like? What, what am I really best at? Um, what's my greatest talent? What's my purpose? What's my passion? How do I match that with the right opportunity? And when you start asking yourself those questions, the research, we did a lot of research for this book, and the research shows that a different part of your brain goes to work for you. A different part of your brain lights up. And it's the part of your brain that does critical thinking. And so we all need to resource, to, to be our own best resource, okay? And that's asking yourself. And then asking others part, um, you know, we should be a great resource to each other. That's what people are here for, right? And the other part of our research for the book showed that most people are very much afraid to ask. Ask others for help, advice, assistance. Um, in the study that we found, you know, going into the study, people that were, were studied felt like they didn't want to ask because they might be perceived as being stupid or inept or incompetent or, you know, they're just embarrassed or they're afraid of rejection. And it's funny because the studies show that if you are willing to ask, you're 80% likely to get your request granted. So there's really no good logical reason not to ask. It's just we have to get over our own fears, like you said a minute ago. And in the book, we discovered there are seven roadblocks to asking. And it's important for people to figure out what your roadblock is because we all usually have at least one or more of those roadblocks. And Crystal brings up a great point where it's not just important to ask yourself, it's important to ask others and ask God or, you know, higher power, depending on what you believe. But right. when it comes to asking others, it's amazing how if you're just starting out as a podcaster, you ask people you don't have a show, how many people you can get on your show to say, I would love to come on even when you're in that situation. So when you do ask, you do have that very high chance of getting a yes, but now on the other side of a podcast where I've done a lot of episodes, I've received a ton more pitches than I've done episodes. And there are some pitches that are really good. Like I want to have this person. There are other pitches where it's very obvious that the person's not as invested in the show and they just want the platform. So Asking is so valuable, but what advice do you have for people who just want to make sure they ask the right way? Well, first of all, all of us got to learn the journey of asking, we call it. And the journey is to become a master asker. And it is best. Let me just do my own example. 1974, I was about a little older than you by two years. And, and I bankrupted a $2 million company. So I did well and then blew it out because I was building out of plastic when the oil embargo hit and the Arabs said, we can write checks so big your banks are bouncing. I went, goodbye. And I hid out for six months underneath the sheets. 
And then all of a sudden I said, well, wait a second, what do I really want to do? I want to talk to people that care about things that matter that would make a life-changing difference. So I, I woke up excited and I went down to, I had lived in Hicksville, Long Island, New York at the time. I went down to my three roommates who were paying $100 a month cheap rent. And I said, hey guys, any of you know anybody that's young, not a doctor, not a lawyer, not a celebrity, not famous, that's speaking and making money. And they said, yeah, yeah, this kid out in Hopong, like on New York, talking to us realtors, and you can't get in, but here's my ticket. I'm not going. You take my ticket. Just tell them you're me. I went out there. This kid was five or seven years older than me. Chip Collins wowed the audience for three hours. I just I went, oh, my gosh, I love this guy. And he and I became best friends and still best friends. But <clears throat> I said, Chip. Uh, when it's done, can I take you to lunch? He said, I love people. I'm asking, giving reciprocity. I'm going to pay for lunch. I said, can I ask you to go to lunch? He said, yep. What do you want? I said, I want to ask you to teach me how to do this speaking business. This is what I want to do with all heart and soul. He said, look, kid, chance you make it is one in a thousand. You're not going to make it. But if you'll stay out of real estate, which I own, I'll teach you how to do it in life insurance, which is a bottomless pit. The headquarters here in Manhattan at World Trade Center at the time. And, um, you know, go for it. He gave me all the questions, exactly who to call on, what to say. And by the time he came back after two weeks vacation, I had more bookings than he did in the first three years. Cause you've got to do mass. First of all, you got to decide what you want. Then you got to take massive right action and massive right result to get the, to get that massive result you want. And I did a thousand talks a year for the first three years. Only Tony Robbins and I have ever done that many, as far as I know. So, you know, I desperately wanted, and then people said, well, do you have it in a book? And, and I did a book, and I see that you talk about the wealthy author, which I'd love to hear what you're saying. But we did a little book called Stand Up, Speak Out, and Win. I got 14 authors to do it with me. We bought them a dollar each from the platform and little itty-bitty audiences at life insurance agencies. I sold 20,000 copies the first year, grossed $200,000. Mark, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. I thought, <laughs> I thought I'm the smartest guy in the whole damn planet. And I was having a ball doing it. And, and you know, it's obvious I've never stopped. So. You keep cooking. And I do want to go back to that example. You are with your mentor who's going to help you with the speaking business. And it's not like you go up to him and you say, just give me the best stuff. I'm asking <laughs> politely, kindly, in a curious way. It's I'll go to lunch with you. I'll pay for the lunch. So reciprocity was the big word that Mark hit on. And if, I feel like it's very obvious to tell if someone's being reciprocal or they just want something for them. So think about how you can do the reciprocity. Um, with, like, I don't think the lunch situation is going to happen anytime soon, but there are a lot of other things you could do, like an interview, like engaging with people's content on social media. There's so many ways to do the reciprocity, but I feel like that's such a valuable point. Well, let me just give you the reciprocity for you because I, I like you and I like your show. We, you know, we happen to have been very, very successful over a long time, 44 years, a long time. I'm 72 now. So we, we happen to know some other people that would do podcasts with you that will just expand your mind and the audience's mind and will gladly share them with you. That's reciprocity. Now, what does that mean? That means over time, whether you give me something or not, we put uh, the law of karma in, in we put universe in our debt. Now that's pretty metaphysical and it sounds airy fairy, but I promise you, the universe is always listening and Crystal will talk to that. Well, I just, you know, what you were talking about, Mark, is what, what I call the value circle. And so, you know, it's great. 
it's fine. It's natural. It's human nature to want riches and want wealth and want success and want all of these things. That's just the human spirit wanting to evolve. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not bad. But what we have to understand is that is a circle. So if you just want to take and take and take and not give, you don't round out your circle. And it's, it's a value circle. So if I want things, I need to say, what value am I giving for, the, for this capital value that I expect back or for this other type of value? Maybe it's not money value or capital value. Maybe it's something else. But say it is capital value. Say I want people to pay me for my coaching and I want you know, uh, you know, to make really good money then I need to make sure that the value I provide exceeds what I'm asking in capital value. And I think people don't get that. Sometimes they decide, oh, I want this. I want what that person has. Like you said, podcasters come to you and say, you know, I want to be on your show because it's kind of all about me. And that's not the way the world works. <laughs> we had a great example of that the other day. This woman, she was actually a podcaster, and she said she learned that lesson in a hard way because she went to a speech and she thought she was really lit up about the speaker. So she went up to the stage after and she goes, I want to sit down with you and I want to pick your brain after. And he goes, I'm going to have you up on stage with me. Okay. And he used her as an example, what not to say to someone when you want something. Okay. Because think about the word picking your brain. Like I'm going to take what you have and run away with it. And I'm not even offering you anything. And he made that, and she said, it was a great lesson for me. Like he, she should have done what Mark did. You know, I really enjoyed your talk. Can I take you to lunch? Could I buy you lunch? Could I take you anywhere? The first thing you do, if you want someone to give you some value, think about what value you're going to give them. It's really important to think of that value circle when you're asking. It's really, really important. And the value circle, it's just something where karma is one of those things. I definitely feel like it's real. And I feel like so many people, they're just looking for a way to, like, they view every person as a potential customer. And when someone joins my coaching or something, I have no problem with that. Come on in. But that's not the intent. It's expect nothing in return, keep providing value, and then karma comes your way. So I think that's definitely a really great perspective. On this asking theme, one of the things you mentioned earlier was that people don't like asking. I feel like part of the reason is rejection. And you hear classic stories about Dr. Seuss, who was rejected dozens of times by publishers, and then he finally gets his book approved. So I think part of the issue is people ask and they've been rejected so many times that they kind of feel like that's just the automatic conclusion. So how can we get better at asking even if maybe we've been rejected a lot or this hasn't worked for us? There's a lot okay. about rejection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got 144 rejections on chicken soup and I took them more than Jack. And, and, and by the way, I know a lot about Dr. Zeus. He had 70 rejections. And, and by the way, I don't know how any, by the way, if I was a publisher, which I'm not, I don't know how the heck you could reduce, say no to Zeus and Lelouch. I mean, Teddy Geisel was his name, Dr. Theodore Geisel. And I mean, now they got movies and you've grown up watching everything like uh, Green Eggs and Ham. So, you know, I'm scholarly and all that stuff. Anyhow, I got 144 rejections and, you know, people say, well, why didn't you quit? I said, because every time we talked and Jack and I were both talking to about a quarter million people a year separately, he was educators and, and myself, I was doing business, is it? You know, everyone said, yeah, that book, story in a book, and like Bopsy or whatever story, or I wish I had a brother like that, or whatever the story, 
and we knew that it was a grand slam home run on a scale of one to 10, it was a 10 plus, plus, plus. And it would cause, we had seven discernments, but one of them was it had a, the heart touching, soul penetrating stories. Two is it had to cause instantaneous behavioral change. Three is it had to cause, you know, tears, uh, happy tears usually. Uh, and a lot of people said, well, you saved my life or whatever. And once we found a little publisher to do it, then they said, well, you guys got to sell, uh, let's see, 20,000 books at $6 each and bring us the money first before we put you in distribution. So, but holy smoly, but we did it. And, and you know, Crystal, you want to tell me about what happened with Charlie Green? Well, it's funny because Mark is a very resilient asker. And we got, we, a guy submitted a story for this book. And it's a guy named Charlie Green. He goes, I have to tell the story, Mark. It's the best story. So he, he attended a church that Mark spoke at in the Midwest when they were trying to get their book published. And he said, I'll never forget, you know, Mark Victor Hansen shows up and gives this top, big talk at this church went at our church one day and he goes everyone the audience was really wowed and amazed by his talk and they loved it and he got a standing ovation and then he stood up and he says mark stands up and he says I, i'm going to ask you for one more thing he kind of waves this manuscript around and he says you know this is my new book that i'm trying to get published and uh he said i know this is going to be a bestseller and he goes i want you all i'm asking you all to pray with me that i will sell we'll sell a million copies of this book because it's going to change people's lives and I really want everybody to be able to read these stories. And he said, so we all prayed for Mark that he was going to sell a million copies of that book. And then he said, and I also want you, Mark said, I want you to fill out this, this order form and put your credit card down. And when the book gets published, I'll send you a copy. So he goes, Charlie said, he asked all of us to put our credit down, credit card down for a book that didn't even exist. And Mark was so warm and heartfelt. And he had given us, so much in that talk because mark gives his heart and soul and he really cares about people that all of us he goes you wouldn't believe it but all of us put our credit cards down and bought a book that didn't exist but he was right you know he believed in his dream and that's part of asking is and i think i think if you give a lot of value and you give your heart and soul you can really have a stronger conviction in what you're doing and that's part, we say, we have a section in the book called prepare to be a good asker. Well, part of that preparation is you have to believe. You have to really believe in what you're asking for, that it's a good thing, that you're worthy of receiving it. Um, otherwise, you'll get in your own way. You won't be an attractor. I mean, we really do believe in the law of attraction. And, and you might block your own, if you don't believe you deserve it, you probably won't get it. Because life, um, you know, as a transformational life coach and hypnotherapist, I, I completely teach that your life is created from the inside out. Like most people think life is happening out there somewhere and they're taking all their cues from something out there, but truly your life is created from the inside out, from your own beliefs, from, you know, diving into your own beliefs and your own expectations of yourself and what you really want for life and what you want to contribute back. And that's the asking God part, because it's not all about you. We're all part of this you know, big, beautiful universe, this kingdom, what is, what is your part in the kingdom? What is my part in the kingdom? Right. And if you, if you think selfishly, you don't think like that, but once you expand your thinking, that's why we always bring it, the ask God part in, because it takes you out of that self-centered sort of mindset. And it, it makes you realize you're, you are truly a part of something bigger and that's important to your success. And there are a lot of important points in that story. One is you can sell a product before you have actually created the product. And this is a lot oh, easier. 
I mean, you could do this with coaching. You could do this with book pre-orders. You could do this with courses. You can sell it before you create it. And it's a good way to get feedback also because the reason in part Mark didn't give up is because he heard from people who he gave the manuscript to like this book changed my life. I loved it. So he had the positive reinforcement. He had people saying, I enjoy this. And you want to, if you're not sure about an idea, just ask people who you know what their thoughts on your idea are the right people who will give you the correct feedback instead of just be uh excessively negative or excessively positive and then you do have this just keep providing value and then make the ask and then some people will buy the book even if it's not even out yet but i do feel like some content creators they either produce so much free content and struggle to make the ask for you offer or people just keep bombarding their audiences with the offer all the time so where do we find a healthy mix of the free value and then making that ask wow the, that's a really articulate question i it hope is. i'm my answer is as good as uh, your question first of all every time you get rejected there's a clean four-letter word that we teach n-e-x-t next so luckily i've been selling since i was nine years old so if somebody didn't buy, I said, next, you know, because I sold the most greeting cards in America because I wanted to buy myself a bicycle. My parents didn't have any money. I didn't, I'm not putting them down there. They love me and my brothers totally. My brothers and me totally, but it just wasn't in the, their values to do that. So if you really value yourself, you'll handle it because the universe is testing you. In other words, it took us 144 tests before the 144th person, 45th person said yes, and then it was conditional. So the, the point is that everyone's going to get rejected. Everyone's going to get turned down. Everyone's going to have to create their own value chain. And everyone's going to have to um, decide how to create such massive value that the people find whatever you're selling is irresistible to them. And stories are irresistible. So ask is, is packed with stories. And then what we think is that everyone's got a destiny, Mark, and, and they got a great destiny. And no one's ever tried to help them unwrap it, unfold it and codified for them. We've done that. We've interviewed the 26, what we consider to be best askers in the world. And we've got one or two of those stories we'd love to share with your team and you if you want. But that's the point, is that everyone has to learn it. And no one ever has written a book about asking other than us that we know of or could find. We have more great content coming up in this episode. But first, we have a message from today's sponsor, Jobber. Jobber's award-winning software helps small home service businesses organize their entire operations from scheduling jobs and managing their crews to invoicing customers and collecting payments. That way, you can spend more time on the services you're already great at. Job by job, business by business, Jobber is transforming the ways their customers deliver service. Start your free trial over at getjobber.com slash breakthrough. All right, let's get right back into the episode. And it's interesting how there are so many different people who they have to, in some cases, get over the fear of asking. And if you are someone who's producing a lot of free value, you just have to get over that fear. Make that ask. Tell people you're working on the book, the training course, the coaching, the offer you want to work on. You have to make that ask and then just gauge your audience's feedback. I mean, if one person says too much, you do say next. If you've got a thousand people telling you, then 
you reflect and you got to look to see if you're making the right decision. And I know you guys have a whole bunch of different ask stories. So I'm wondering if you could share maybe one or two of them that you found really powerful that are in the book. It's a little teaser. We will have the book in the show notes, but I definitely love to hear one or two of the stories you guys found powerful. Yeah, this is a great one. Um, I love this one just because uh, it really deals with the fear, like your, our expectations of going in. So a woman named Lynn Marquis, um, she wanted to be go into the nonprofit sector. So out of college, she started doing that. And, and she created a couple of them herself. But she created this nonprofit that would benefit children um, going to summer camps. So she had a good little group put together and she started you know, raising funds. And then she had an opportunity to meet with one of the wealthiest women in her, in her city. And she was so nervous, she, she could hardly stand it. And she, was, you know, she just wanted to at least raise funds for at least one child. So she, the, the woman came to meet with her. She actually went to the woman's office and sat down. And she was so nervous, she just decided, you know, I can't hide how nervous I am. So I'm just going to tell her how nervous. <laughs> like, I'm really nervous, you know, because I'm new at this. But it means so much to me to get these kids you know, to camp. And these are, these are needy children who, who don't have the opportunity to do this. And she said, so she told her about the camp. And then she said, the woman listened carefully and she said, well, how much money do you need? And Lynn said, well, $5,000. Um, and she said, is that per, per child? And she said, yes, $5,000 per child. And she goes, the woman said, well, how many children? And Lynn gave her the number and she said, okay, I'll write a check for all the children. like her jaw just dropped because she went in there you know sometimes you can be surprised she went in there with her heart open she was vulnerable and you know she really shared her message in that way where she showed the value she was providing and she was totally surprised so she didn't expect that she didn't expect her that kind of an answer and and it was way beyond what she would ever expect so the, the the point is we really just have to Get in touch with the value that we have. Be sincere. Be willing to be vulnerable, and then put it out there and see what the response is. It's just really, really important to do that. I, I think the power in that story is there are some chance occurrences where it could literally be you're just walking in, you see that guy who has a lot of influence, has all these different things going for him or her, and instead of letting that moment disappear, you have to take the initiative and it could be an ask like helping a nonprofit. It could even be an ask where you're just asking for some advice to help you on your journey. But I feel like we're all going to have chance moments. We've already had them and they're going to be more along the way. And when it comes to a chance moment, there is some fear of going up to that person. So I feel like part of the issue with asking is looking at someone who has such high prestige and like, who am I to be asking that person? So during these chance encounters, these chance moments, how can we muster up the courage to ask someone like, and this could be a millionaire, a billionaire, a famous singer or whoever, how do we muster that courage? Perfect question. So, Back to when I was your age, and I already told you about Chip Collins, but I, I'd sold my way through college, and when I went bankrupt, luckily I'd been given an audio tape. Back then we had a little big long tape recorders called Sony tape recorders, and <laughs> I'd drive around this $400 pitted window, permanently air-conditioned Volkswagen, 
with this big, ugly, you know, foot and a half long tape recorder up to my ear because I desperately needed to get the message from the dean of speakers, a lovely man named Cabot Robert in Arizona. And uh, I listened and I wrote him a letter and I did just what you said about reciprocity. And I said, Kevin Robert, I am desirous of being a great service to you. Anytime you fly into New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, or Massachusetts, it'll be my great honor to pick you up and take you anywhere you want to go. Now, did I, this guy's a multimillionaire. This guy's a giant real estate owner. This guy's a, a, a mogul. This guy is, is the most successful speaker in America. He taught Zig Ziglar and all kinds of people. And I'm a nobody and, and I'm a young kid. And, uh, but he wrote back and said, well, I'm flying in this day into New York, pick me up. I picked this giant in and, you know, he's wearing a $7,000 Brioni suit and he's, you know, he's as big as I am, six foot four and in my Volkswagen and he's putting his foot through my floorboard, but he's very humble. He never got upset and he let me, back to your question, I got to ask him a gazillion questions and when we finally got to the hotel, I bought him dinner and took copious notes. We became great friends and he said, I want you to give me $500. Now, $500 is like when you were 14 years old, $500 would have been more than you probably had in your piggy bank. But I figured I'm going to pay for this because I said, why am I giving you $500? He said, you're joining, you're going to be a founding member of the National Speaker Association because he said his cliche was, not how big a piece of pie you get, son. It's how big we make the pie. And that's the question is, how big do we make the pie? By doing these podcasts, there are a lot of people out there that are never going to meet either any of the three of us. But right now, it's the old thing that uh, the President Jefferson, probably the smartest president we ever had, said, one candle lit can light another, but it doesn't take anything from the first candle. And one of us with a little bit of a light, a little bit of awareness, a little bit of understanding can light somebody else and they can start to do podcasts. They can start to do newsletters, blogs you know, stories, documentaries, books, pamphlets, all kinds of stuff. There's 38 intellectual properties that I teach, but, you know, because we want everyone to be totally successful. And one of the things we think everyone's got to do is learn how to ask. And another thing you got to learn how to do it, I see you're also helping write a book. And I love how Mark took the initiative to reach out to this person now because the worst thing that can happen is they don't reply or they say no. And what does that really do to you? Especially now where you can email people and instead of having to meet someone at a location the way Mark did, you just have them on your podcast, which is exactly what we're doing right now. I've done this probably with like a thousand different interviews each time I get to ask questions and there's just a lot of value. And then you have the reciprocity. So part of that reciprocity is the good old show notes where you will find the book Ask uh, that Mark and Crystal have been working on very hard. So we'll have that. And do you guys want us to put anything else in there? Because we are all about reciprocity here. Well, that sounds great. And we want to do another offer to offer reciprocity to our readers because we love this idea. We decided to have the biggest um, book club discussion. So once you get your book, um, just email the receipt to reception at markvictorhanson.com and we're going to invite you to a private book club discussion because we want everybody to read the book and then put it in action in their lives. And it's really fun to have that time together to do a book club discussion. It really allows us to elaborate on the book and, and figure out how it really applies in each of our lives. So we're looking forward to that. Do let us know, send us the, the receipt when you buy it and uh, let's get together and keep this discussion going because we really do want to be of service to people. We want people to learn this. Um, this is one of the best tools you'll get for this decade because if you learn how to ask, it really does start 
with every, every time you ask, you get a new idea, an answer, a solution, and you know, question by question, answer by answer, you start moving across that bridge from your dreams to your destiny. And that's why the subtitle of the book is from your dreams to your destiny, right? The bridge from your dreams to your destiny. And I mean, just to be in any type of club that has similar ambitions, similar goals, and still puts in the work, just shoot them an email with the receipt. If you do choose to get their book, we'll have everything down in the show notes so everyone knows and everyone can easily go back to that as a reference. But Mark and Crystal, I mean, it was such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks Thank for having you. us, Mark. It, Mark. Love talking to you. Look forward to talking to you again sometime. Thank you, sir. This episode of the Breakthrough Success Podcast was brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Start a free trial or sign up today to receive 20% off your first six months. Find out more at getjobber.com slash breakthrough.